Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome in Tuesday morning, October 24th, 2023. Starting out your day, 67 degrees in the capital city. Glad to have you with us on the menu for today. Our guests, Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska, Jason Ball, Lincoln Chamber of Commerce, and Dr. Ken Dewey, our longtime weather and climate guru. Our first look ahead to winter 2023. So that is all on the uh, on the docket. Also, a couple of chances for you to get a pick in Fantasy Huskers and maybe win yourself some pizza and Husker gear. That will happen at 635 and 810, as always. Count down the five things that you are talking about today with your morning drive as well at 735. So that's what we've got ahead for you today. Glad to have you with us on a Tuesday morning. And while it is nice out right now, it was very very warm yesterday during the day, and we're going to stay up in the high 70s today, maybe a chance of some showers today and then into tomorrow. Got another three days in the 70s. A lot of buzz that a change is a coming. In fact, <laughs> in fact, I see that we've got our first stories of the year that are about LTU prepping for uh, winter operations here at the at this point. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll we'll see the details of kind of the short term stuff when Dr. Ken Dewey joins us a little bit later. I can tell you right now if you're looking at the forecast according to the National Weather Service for Saturday. They're saying, uh, well, I guess it should start Friday. Friday, 40% chance of showers and thunderstorms, partly sunny, 48. And then Saturday, a chance of showers after 2 o'clock, high near 42. So not probably cold enough for snow at that point, although it may happen at some places in the state. And then Sunday in Lincoln, rain and snow showers, mostly cloudy, high near 40. Monday, chance of rain and snow showers, high near 42. So... Uh, Saturday, Saturday night, Sunday, Sunday night, Monday have at least that four letter S word in the, in the possibility for the forecast. Um, Mark, uh, I I guess anything to add to the short term stuff first, uh, before we talk about some of the long term stuff that you were recently hearing about. Not really. It's like just kind of crazy out there this morning. It was 70 when I came in. Yeah. Strong south winds this morning. Yes. It is, it, it is a little odd. Gus up at 32 miles an hour throughout yeah. the day today. And Which actually gives us a wind chill, even though it's 67 now. It feels like 55. <laughs> That's odd. That is especially with south 67 winds. with a wind chill. That's odd. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, so the so like I said, three days, three days left in the 70s. Uh, they're going to get gradually, most likely a little bit wetter each day of those three days. And then the big change is going to happen uh, Thursday night into Friday, and you'll drop, oh, I don't know, almost 30 degrees in terms of your high temperatures between Thursday and Friday. So be ready for that. I know, Mark, you also were a part of a National Weather Service uh, kind of webinar where they took a look more long-term at what this winter holds. Um, I know they've been talking about how this is an El Nino, correct, winter? Yeah, they said uh, it's a right on the edge. Of the, they're calling it a strong El Nino. Okay. 
And what does that what does that well, typically gen- mean? Generally speaking, the northern half of the country is a little warmer than normal, and uh, varying amounts of precipitation across the country. The south is colder, okay, uh, than normal. Now, work. <laughs> we always talk about this demarcation line on, and goes right through Nebraska on on this one. Uh, but the bottom line is a little warmer than normal for most of Nebraska and a little above normal precipitation, but the most precipitation is going to be late in the winter. Okay. I mean, that kind of sounds like what we've seen a couple of the last, yep. uh, I mean, at least last year to some degree, um, but you've had a, a couple of years where it's been probably on balance warmer warmer than normal, especially, what was it, two years ago, where it never felt like it almost never got cold the entire winter. Um yeah. All right. Well, so maybe something similar to what we've experienced. Uh, we'll see if Dr. Dewey agrees with that analysis from the National Weather Service when we talk to him today at 835. So that's what's going on with the weather and just kind of a, a, a heads up there as you're you're thinking about the coming days, because there is going to be a significant change here not too long from right now. Uh, I, I don't know whether you looked out at that. Uh, I've got a link on the show sheet, but there's one uh, weather uh summary for uh, our part of the state for the amount of precipitation and we're, we're like at a 80 percent chance of over an inch of rain yet this week oh really okay that that seems to have gone up okay from well what i had been expecting so and the biggest chances for rains are late wednesday wednesday night thursday into thursday night so i would assume that's probably when the when the majority of that would happen right. although there are smaller chances um even today and tonight as well so but cumulative we whew, can use an inch or more what a muddy mess that's going to be <laughs> yeah. remember not to uh not to take my dog to the dog park after that happens i'll just make sure you have lots of towels by the door uh yeah that's, <laughs> that's become no joke oh yeah. my gosh yeah i've learned i cleaned the garage last night and i i for the first time yes i i made a little towel area to have right by the door although that's not even all i've learned that's not all that effective anyway <laughs> wiping it's very tedious number one because the dog doesn't like it and number two no matter how long i'm wiping down with towels it's not seeming to make a, a huge difference in the tracks that come from him anyway but yes nonetheless yes i had the i i yesterday mark i i felt like Okay, this is one of the last like really comfortable evenings right. that we're going to have. I feel like I need to get something done outside. So I went ahead and I cleaned the garage. Um and I, I it was not a deep cleaning. It was like a an hour cleaning. Like you could spend an entire Saturday cleaning the whole garage. I could at least if I if I really wanted to. This was more of a a quick clean, uh 60 to 90 minutes doing that. Although that that area to walk that I get in my garage that I don't have when it's not cleaned is just, it's just amazing. It's the most, ple- like, I looked forward to waking up this morning knowing the open path I was going to have out the door to my car without any bike or lawnmower or <laughs> or or pot that wasn't being used, terracotta pot that wasn't being used in the way to walk around and get the door. I could open the door on my car fully without it hitting tennis rackets that had been spewed on the floor that hadn't been used for for years at this point. It's such a beautiful feeling, and yet it's so fleeting because I know in my heart of hearts that I get three days of this maybe (laughs) before, before it goes back to something resembling what it was when it started yesterday. It is the, it is, you know, 
It is you go six months of having it an absolute mess. You clean it. You get it clean for like three or four days. At least this is how it works in my house. And then you go back to the six months until you finally have to clean it again. Well, at least the weather will be, be nice, uh, starting to get nicer by the time you have to do it. Yeah, that's true. Oh, the next time will be, it'll be uh, that first nice day in March. I'll put some Husker baseball on the radio. <laughs> yeah. That's usually when the next one, when the next one, next one tends to happen. So, uh, all right, Mark, uh, anything else uh, that we've got in news headlines this morning we need well, to get into a little bit further? Kind of a strange, we really can't find out much information about this uh, I-80 incident yesterday afternoon. started in Seward yeah. County, uh, ended up in Lancaster County, but nobody's really saying anything. Uh, Channel 8 is reporting uh, that uh, a reporter on the scene or in the area saw them put a body in a body bag. Wow. Uh, and they're calling, they're calling it a law enforcement uh, activity. That's all we know, and the Highway Patrol has referred news people to uh, Seward County. Seward County is not releasing any information. I checked with duty command here at LPD. They said they were aware of it, but no information. It just seems like uh, following a a pursuit that started in Seward County, uh, and it's kind of a blackout as far as information. That's interesting. Yeah, there's, I mean, like, even some of the other media reports on this, Mark, they're incredibly short. Like, it was... uh Nebraska 511 announced that the eastbound lanes of I-80 were closed in that area. They've reopened after having been closed due to law enforcement activity. Office said deputies responded to a pursuit at 311, but as of 340, the pursuit is over. And, so, and that's it. That's that, that's the very that's the end yeah. of of the article. Uh, and and basically, I assume that's basically the the release that came from Nebraska 511 at that point so yeah that was just like a social media post yeah i I think you're right i think you're right but that's that's so that's basically the extent of all we have yeah and and the the most information actually from channel eight where they said a reporter uh, saw them put a a body in a bag really okay all right uh but it was i mean closed for a relatively short period of time then too as well four hours Oh, four, it was four, four full hours. Okay, well, I take like that, that back then. I take that back. It was a little while for that. Okay, so maybe hearing more about exactly what happened there in the kind of this Pleasantdale Seward area uh, on, on Interstate actually, 80. It, was, it started over around Seward, but it was actually a little closer to Lincoln, Pleasantdale, and then to about Northwest 112. Okay, all right. Um. All right. Anything else, Mark? Uh, on those uh, on, no, on the local headlines. Okay. Pretty they, quiet overnight. City council okayed these drop boxes for ballots. Yes. Uh, they're going to be at libraries, right? Four different libraries. Uh, they are the same uh, secure boxes. They'll only be open. I believe it's ninety days before the uh, election, and they'll uh, they've got a pickup schedule uh, and all of that. The one thing that uh, is not going to happen that with these four. That does happen at the election commissioner's office. The election commissioner office drop box is under video surveillance. Libraries do not have that. Oh, interesting. Okay, um, I, I think. I mean, I think part of the part of the reason that this got some traction. Obviously, when you get into any election stuff now, that's super controversial. I get that. But one, I think one of the reasons there was a bit of a push for this because is that there's a lot of times that there can be. Uh, at prime time, there can be a bit of a line at the one over here on well, yeah, on the election commission. I've, they, I've waited in it before. So. They share parking lot and some driveways with the uh, uh, treasurer's office, the uh, motor vehicles. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, you've got... 
people who are early vote. I mean, you got in, in some of these places you've got or some of these elections, you've got what, 10, 15, 20,000 people that are all using the same Dropbox yeah, for this. They, at this point. I met uh, uh, Commissioner Wilchin said there was over 18,000 yeah. in the spring election. Right, right. So, uh, okay, so that will be at uh, basically different quadrants of the city. Uh, each of those will, will be there as well. And, um, yeah. Oh, boy. Election election season is coming shortly, just around the corner, guys. Just around the corner that we'll be, uh, we'll be talking more at least about the, about the primaries. Although we, you know, we kind of need some, kind of need some candidates in some of these things. If we're going to, I mean, at least for the primary, right? Yeah. If it's, if there is going to be some. There's going to be some the, the sort of the the buzz about Charles Herbster running against Ricketts that's kind of died down a little bit. I, I kind of get the feeling that's not actually going to happen. So that would have been obviously the the very big one. Uh, you wonder now, and pardon me if I don't if I miss somebody who's already out there, but will Don Bacon get primaried now that he's uh, that this whole speaker drama has played out uh, this way? That's interesting. An interesting question as well. And then we are going to have, I'll tell you what, the amount of, and, and this is going to November, but the amount of these ballot initiatives that are going to be oh. on this next one, Mark, it yeah. is going to be, I mean, we already know you're going to have the the school funds, the... the Opportunity the, scholarships. Uh, yeah, thank you. The opportunity scholarships, you already know that's going to be on there, but you could add medical marijuana, you could add paid sick leave, you could, uh, you could add this huge thing, this thing with the... Uh, Basically, getting rid of uh, of the, the epic property tax proposal that that could end up being on there too. Um, it'll be uh, yeah, there'll be a lot. There'll be a lot on that twenty twenty four ballot, which you can now drop off early at one of the libraries that is uh, that are holding those. So, all right, that's what's uh, that's what's going on in news, Caleb. We've got a uh, kick time for Purdue, or excuse me, for Michigan State. That's going to be an eleven a.m. game. Yeah, I like finally. I, I like. I don't love eleven a.m. games, but I like road games. If you're going to have the eleven a.m. games, I like road games at eleven o'clock. I just um, like them more. It doesn't matter home or away. I like it better than the two thirty kickoffs. I like the, I like the later kickoffs at home, but and I also like it for personal reasons. And you know, I don't cover. It doesn't quite take up my day, you know, covering it like you do when you're you're there. But I feel like 11 a.m. just kind of makes my whole day worthless, <laughs> pretty and, much. And the thing is, the 2:30 makes my whole day worthless yeah. because I I get to the stadium and I'm trying to do stuff before the game, so I'm not even watching the early slate. Yeah, and then I miss all of the middle yeah. of the day, and then I'm trying to wrap stuff up when the evening games are going on. 2:30 are just the worst. And then last week you had. Two, the 2.30 kickoff when I really wanted 11 a.m., so there was more time for everybody to sit through the entirety of the football game, then make their way over to Devaney. This Saturday, they pushed volleyball back 30 minutes oh. to give people a little bit more time. Nice. They didn't have, apparently, the TV constraints that they had last time around to uh, mm-hmm. to do that. So that's that's good. That might help with that whole process a little bit. We're We're going to probably go the rest of the season without a night game, huh? Most, Most likely. likely. Most likely. So what? One night game all year? Just Louisiana Tech? Oh, yeah. no, Minnesota was, too. And Illinois. What am I well, talking about? Well, here's the thing. When, when that the, wasn't a Saturday, I, though. Yeah, I, I count it different if it's a Saturday night game compared to Neither those, of those, those were, were Saturday. Thursday and yeah. Friday. No, we only have one Saturday night uh, and, and one home game. Mm-hmm. That's a night game the whole year. So I wonder what businesses in the area will think of that. 
I got, uh, I got a question for you, yeah. too. How big is this deal coming out of uh, Michigan uh, with the sign stealing? I'm starting to think it's going to be a big deal. It's going to be a big deal. Yeah. And it, it's from, well, from, from our conversations where we talked a little bit on the tailgate and Schaefer had a, a little bit more to say on it, but this might be Jim Harbaugh's last year at Michigan. Yeah, and they released more on this yesterday. Apparently, there are reports that essentially one of these uh, analysts on Michigan's team was getting tickets to away games and then sending people there uh, and to basically videotape the sidelines, sit on the opposite sides of their future opponent's sideline and videotape the thing. And that was a part of the operation, which would have been the illegal part of the operation in, in a couple of couple of ways. So if that turns out to be true... Yeah, I agree with Caleb. It, I think it might end up being something that is. They did is suspend a staffer yesterday. Yeah, that's the that's the that's one. the one. This guy named Connor Stallion, uh, who's got a funny name. And, that's a heck of a name. Yeah, yes, especially since it's spelled different. Yes, with one O. Oh, and by the way, we're a week from Halloween, so one, one one week left. One week left of October, the best month of the year. Sad, sad because then we get into November. We turn the clocks back it starts getting dark early the leaves are going to be gone uh by the way i think we are got to be close to peak at least in my neighborhood peak leaf color right now Yeah, by the end of the week they're gone uh yeah they're yes you're right this weekend's gonna this weekend's gonna take care of them well for a lot we of got them, a so. week of it yeah so uh take it in this week go stand around and look at trees for the rest of the week <laughs> all right at 6 25 we'll take a break we got to check a sports coming up next on klin your home for Husker football is 1499.3. Presented on KLIN by Liberty First Credit Union. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the sound off on LNK Today. But first, Fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. All right, your chance to get a pick in Fantasy Huskers. You know how to do it. You got to text in the keyword. The keyword right now today is black. B-L-A-C-K, black. Text in that word to 402-479-1400 and you will be in the running to grab the next pick. And if you get that pick, you will be asked the question... How many passes does Nebraska attempt against the Purdue Boilermakers? Mm -hmm. How many passes does Nebraska attempt against the Purdue Boilermakers? No matter who throws them, right? It can be Heinrich. It can be Jeff. It can be somebody else. It can be a trick play. It can be the punter. It can be Brian Buschini. It can be anyone. It can be Bleak Road. Could be. We don't care. Could be. Um, Keep in mind the weather situation. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, when I, I feel pick. like I feel like the picks so far have been what are what do we have lower. so far? So you've got Lewis with sixteen, Catherine yeah. with seventeen. Okay, okay, I well, like it. And, and the average on the year twenty one a game. So we're already sitting under the average. Man, I think I would just, you know what I say, play the edges. So you think, I think what, I'd, like twelve? I'd throw out a twelve. Yeah. if I were doing this, or I'd get I'd get kooky, uh, and there or throw out like a thirty one. But on the other end, somewhere I'm, between twelve and thirty-one. I'm going, I'm going wow. one of those directions. Uh, you have another chance to get a pick at eight ten this morning, six thirty-five and eight ten every day. 
that we do this show, including on the uh, Friday Husker Tailgate as well. So if you just can't get that pick, keep trying, keep listening, keep trying. You're going to get it someday. You will. And then hopefully you don't screw it up when yeah, you get it. Yeah, Chris Nolatha had a pick. You can, too. Chris Nolatha thought he was never going to get a pick, and he got a pick. But guess what? He didn't win. Didn't win. Just make sure when you get your pick, you use it Yeah, smartly. do something with it. Yeah, do something with it. Unlike Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Chris. Sorry to make you an example. That, that was a little bit aggressive uh, there at the end. I was trying to just make it about participating. You went I, after it. You know, I also want to note, note while we're talking about contests and giveaways, this Thursday, the day after tomorrow, mm. is the season finale of Generation Collaboration. It is at close. Seven ten. Okay, where the Boomers, the Gen Xers, and the Millennials have been pretty neck and neck this season with our new improved scoring system, uh, and we will determine a a champion of season what is this season four, four. Or season three season four. four the millennials have won every single time now do, did you pull the standings the standings mm-hmm. up what math what's 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 really possible here on thursday with with generation collaboration okay because so, i know so, the millennials are at 40 and two uh, uh gen x is at 55 and four boomers are at 37 and three we're doing it by winning percentage essentially so so all of these are like point nine seven something. So here's the thing. If if a millennial calls in and we miss the very first question, mm-hmm. and then a Gen Xer calls in immediately after and you sweep it, you get all seven yeah. points. That would put Gen X four ten thousandths of a point ahead of the millennials. <laughs> okay. Okay, so that would be just if you had two callers. And, so, so and you need a little help. You you need you need millennials to really not add anything. As, as a matter of fact, they need to get hurt. You need you need you need a miss from the millennials. Well, what I, what I was wondering is if no millennials call in, could the boomers or the extras just get enough volume of wins to overtake? Is that possible? Could could the boomers say go four and zero and get the every extra point right, or could Gen X do that? With no millennials calling, because we only we know there's only like three millennials who ever call in. I will say we've added more. We've added more. We've added two or three new ones, and it's not just asterisk James. But so here's the thing. <laughs> Technically, yes, Gen X can pass millennials if you have seven people call in and clear every card. Okay. Okay. Challenge accepted. Without millennials getting and, even a single one added. And the boomers would have to do more than that or less than that? Are the, the boomers actually behind in percentage right now, Gen Xers? So, they're yeah, 37 they're, they're, and 3. Yeah, they're behind. So but, they would but, need they're, even but they're less on, on how many they've played. Because they could change the percentage more with just, with, with just certain, uh, with a smaller amount of wins. So, okay. So, so you could so you could actually get on for for boomers that would be uh they just need 5 Wow. Five, okay. to, call, five, five. to call and clear. See, here's without the, millennials adding Here's anything. what I'm worried about is that that the boom that it's going to be boomers and Gen X but neither of them are going to get enough volume. You either need you, you either need the millennials to just not play at all or you need them to play and lose fairly quickly well i think it would actually be better for you if even if even if say added two 
to go like have the millennials just make sure they miss one, even because if it takes a while. E- even if even if they get two or three questions right, okay. All the, right, the, the uh, misses hurt so much. Yes, is so what it is. Calling all not smart millennials. Uh, we would love to have you be a part of our show Stop on Thursday. It. If Stop you it. do not do well on trivia, we have a home for you. Tell okay? you what, we won't buggle it. Plus, plus, we've got tickets to give away for Nebraska and Purdue. Oh yeah, there's also so that. if you're a, a millennial who isn't good at pop culture and music and politics and news. And you want to go to the football game? We are your radio home for Thursday at seven ten. Please call in quickly early. You're going to have me just. I'm just going to skim like millennial Wikipedia pages now because oh, you're not smart. Let's see what Caleb can do for you. Oh yeah, that's true. You, I can't. I can't make you dumber. Unfortunately, there's not a lot worse I can get. Okay. <laughs> oh, with these stupid questions, you're pulling them out all the time. It's frustrating. It's very frustrating to watch. Okay. Oh, man. There's going to be a lot of calculators going on. We've got to clear out all the breaks. I need all the time I can get for that Just segment. Blow out the show. Can we? <laughs> so, Mark, I'm going to need about a 30 second newscast uh, at 7, you know, 7.03 on Thursday. I'm going to need. You know. We're just going to take it right up to a morning just, drive. Could we do like a commercial free segment? We'll just have a, like a sponsor, and so I don't have to run any. I have to run any spots. We can start the thing at like seven oh three and go to seven twenty seven. I'm going to add so, so like many tw- spots to that. 20, that half no, hour. see, here's what I'm worried about. That kind of <laughs> I'm stuff. I'm going to limit see, the amount can, of time you he have. He can do that kind of stuff. I'm going from to his chair. Make the biggest sports cast possible to get us. I want to see. Yes, there's got to be a rule that you cannot mess with commercial breaks or anything once we start that thing (laughs) based on what happens. Make no guarantees. This could be dramatic. (laughs) This could be very dramatic. So anyway, that's a Thursday at 710. Uh, All right, let's jump into our sound off today. Hostages released from Gaza, not not a lot. We already had a couple of Americans, but now a couple of Israeli hostages have been released. Let's find out more about that. A senior Qatari diplomat tells Fox News both of those hostages released by Hamas are elderly women who are in, quote, bad condition. Both are Israeli citizens and have been identified as 79-year-old Norit Cooper and 85-year-old Yokfed Lifshitz. Both were kidnapped from their homes in Kibbutz Niroz when Hamas attacked back on October 7th. Their elderly husbands were also kidnapped with them but were not released with them. The Times of Israel reports both women are peace activists who regularly transported patients from Gaza to hospitals in Israel for medical treatment. Wow, a lot of interesting stuff going on there, including if you heard any of the the interviews with them through translators, um, they talked about oddly talked about like how well they were treated throughout the the whole thing as hostages, which is not necessarily something that I expected out of that. Mm-hmm. So, um, but they still they do still have I mean they do still have their husbands at that that are that are hostages as well. So I don't know how much that plays into that or or not as well. So anyway, that's that's the latest and then Israel continues to be on uh on the offensive on on two fronts really now. The Israeli military says it hit more than 400 targets in the Gaza strip killing three deputy commanders of Hamas. It comes as the U.S. advises Israel to delay a ground offensive to give Washington more time to help free additional hostages. Thousands of Israeli tanks and ground forces are massed at the border, with the country's defense minister telling troops to keep preparing for an offensive, quote, because it will come. 
While the Biden administration is asking Israel to hold off on a ground offensive, they are not calling for a ceasefire. President Biden also responding to calls for a ceasefire, saying hostages are the top priority right now. Interesting. All right. Um, other things going on. Uh, still no speaker. Maybe that ends today. Uh, maybe not. Did too. everyone sign their unity we'll pledge? I don't. Uh, I I don't know. I think there were still two of the candidates who hadn't, but I'm not sure about the kind of the rank and file house members. But anyway, um, time to figure out exactly who they're putting up for this next shot at it. It's been three weeks since former Speaker Kevin McCarthy was ousted from his role, and still House Republicans have not been able to decide on a new leader. The House is essentially dead in the water in the meantime, unable to legislate. And tensions are rising now as the Biden administration is asking for more than $100 billion in funding for Ukraine, Israel, and the southern border. Right now, Tom Emmer is seen as the front runner, commanding the most support. He's endorsed by McCarthy. They've also tossed around the idea of electing Speaker Pro Tem Patrick McHenry to his position, which would allow the House to function again on a temporary basis. It'll be interesting to see if they if they do Emmer. He's definitely more of a. I don't know, I, again, I hesitate to use the terms, you know, like the liberal to conservative moderate scale because it mm-hmm. means nothing anymore. But he would be a more. I think you, it'd be fair to say he'd be a more moderate option. More on a MAGA to non-MAGA scale, MAGA, MAGA, uh, he would be more of the uh, more of the middle ground of that. That's okay. really what the scale is uh, these days. So we'll see how that goes over in the whole in the whole caucus, or if he's the one that at least comes out with the votes. Because I'm gonna guess he's, I'm gonna guess he'll still have some opposition. We'll see though. Uh, more on the uh, on the speaker forum that they that they did. We don't know a lot about it yet, but that they did to select who was going to be the candidate. As Yogi Berra said, it's deja vu all over again. Republicans are meeting again in the same room with the same goal, trying to elect a speaker. This is a candidate forum. One reason Republicans failed to elect a speaker is because members refused to support the official party nominee. Candidates are asked to sign a pledge of unity to back whoever is nominated although rank-and-file members may not necessarily abide. They will vote by secret ballot again tomorrow and maybe go to the floor. All right, so they're going to meet this morning to pick a new speaker. So members are going to cast a successive series of secret ballots with a candidate who gets the fewest number of votes in each round dropped from the running. So it's like uh, it's like your favorite reality TV show, right? Somebody gets voted off the island. And they keep doing that until there are only two candidates left or until one candidate receives a majority of the conference's votes, whichever comes first. We were asking about if they did ranked choice. This is, no, not, but they do have a more, it is more extensive than just, okay, we're casting votes for all these people and then it's a plurality. Uh, A plurality of votes is not enough. The winning candidate will need 50% plus one of the conference or a minimum of 113 votes. This whole process is expected to take several hours as there will be several rounds of votes uh the candidates representative jack bergman of michigan is a retired veteran of the marines byron daniel donalds i should say of florida second term member from the freedom caucus tom emmer he's the minnesota republican he's also the gop whip endorsed by mccarthy kevin hearn of oklahoma uh he is chairs the republican study committee which wields a large block of gop members mike johnson of louisiana He's the vice chair for the House Republican Conference. Gary Palmer of Alabama, he's the chair of the Republican Party Committee. Austin Scott of Georgia, another ally of McCarthy who dropped out of the last-minute challenge, uh, dropped out 
uh, of a last-minute challenge to Jim Jordan last week, and then Pete Sessions, longtime Texas Republican, uh, and he was involved in that whole U.S. ambassador to Ukraine thing with with Trump as well. So that's what we've uh, that's what we got, and then we got this story. You hear about this Alaska Airlines flight yesterday? Mm-mm. This was, uh, man, there are a lot of questions about exactly what went on here. Take a listen uh, to to basically a, a pilot that was on the flight getting ready to go, not piloting that flight, but getting ready to go to another one, basically freaked out on the plane. 44-year-old Alaska Airlines pilot Joseph Emerson was running the cockpit jump seat Sunday on its Horizon regional jet from Everett, Washington to San Francisco, where he was scheduled to be on another flight crew. When investigators say Emerson tried to shut off the jet's engines by pulling the engine fire extinguisher handles. The engine never lost power after a quick-thinking captain and first officer overwhelmed Emerson and handcuffed him while the flight was diverted to Portland, where Emerson is jailed on 83 counts of attempted murder and endangering an airplane. The FBI and FAA are also investigating. Jeff Manasso, Fox News. What in the world? So a a pilot who was about to be on another flight, sitting in the jump seat at that point, not, you know, just there if they need him, I suppose, but Mm -hmm. he's going to do another flight, so he's just on this one for, for transport, essentially tries to stop the engine take the plane down why what is going on like i feel like there are a lot i mean there's a lot of follow-up needed on this thing i saw it come out yesterday and didn't get a ton of didn't get a ton of attention but obviously a lot of questions and is that 83 counts of of murder is that based on the passengers assume everyone who's on on the flight okay it was a small, and it was a small one of those. It was Alaska Airlines, but not one of their. It was one of their regional carriers, right? Basically. Like there wasn't like a hundred fifty. Right. Yeah, you, so that's why that okay. number. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. it sounds kind of low, that's that's probably why. Uh, uh, the uh, the Screen Actors Guild back to the table. Is this going to be it? Are we doing are we, this? Are we getting our shows back or not? Let's see. Negotiators representing SAG-AFTRA, the Actors Union, and the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers will meet once again to try and hammer out a deal between the two sides. Talks broke down last week as they clashed over streaming revenue and the use of artificial intelligence. Members of the SAG-AFTRA union, which represents 160,000 actors and other media professionals, have been on strike since July. The writers' union and the studios reached a deal earlier this month, ending their 148 day work stoppage the longest writer strike in history michelle polino fox news all right back to the table i guess that's that's potentially good news but this has not been a real productive thing and you are on uh month three of this now through three months into month four actually Mm -hmm. of of this whole thing and uh last but not least if you're uh looking for a new new book to uh add to your kindle or however you read books before you go to bed well uh Britney Spears' memoir is out. It's uh, it's going to be making a lot. It's, there's going to be a lot of buzz about this. I have a feeling, Caleb. Britney Spears is finally telling her own story. You can now add author to her accomplishments as her new book called The Woman in Me hits bookstore shelves today. The book promises to shed more light on some of Spears' past, including the court-ordered conservatorship that lasted for almost 14 years. Spears also gives details on what living under the conservatorship was like and how it governed every aspect of her life. In a weekend social media post, she said she didn't mean for the book to offend anyone and that writing it has given her closure. 
The Woman in Me is out now. Tanya J. Powers, Fox News. I mean, there was all, did you see all the stuff about Justin Timberlake uh-huh. at the beginning of the week that came out where she said she had had uh, an abortion at, at his behest? No. That okay. Yeah. That, that, uh, so that already is something from out of the book that some of those things are coming. So anyway, there you go. All right. That is it for your sound off. It is 66 degrees in the capital city at 655. Got Joe Jordan coming up. Don't forget to Dr. Ken Dewey making his monthly appearance today, getting a preview of that winner. That'll be at 835 this morning. So you want to catch that live or uh, you can always catch it on the podcast at KLIN.com as well. All right. Grab a break. Back after this on KLIN. When you're thinking Huskers. Making a catch at the 10. Five. That is a touchdown. Nebraska. Think. 1499.3. KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3. KLIN. That's true. October 24th, 1998. Drove an hour and a half to the TGI Fridays in Sioux Falls, South Dakota from our college campus. Ate at TGI Fridays, went and saw the movie Simon Birch, which is a really not a feel-good date movie. I love honest. how far in the middle of nowhere you were trying to put together dates. Drove an hour and a half back to See, that- uh, Orange City, Iowa, and made a commitment that's lasted lasted a lifetime. Why do I point. feel like I don't the, know if it was a commitment. like the drives? Just- because that's three hours cumulative in a right. car together. Yeah. That's way more of the date than actually uh, yeah. the, the, the meal or the movie or anything. I mean, that's how we did it in the 90s. Can you survive each other in a car? Three hours <laughs> in a car to go out to dinner and watch a depressing movie. Oh, my God. Northwest <laughs> Amazing. Iowa. It's 7 o'clock on KLI and Lincoln. From the, live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends. On the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome back. 709 October 24th, 2023. We've got 66 degrees in the capital city. 25 minutes away from counting down the five things you're going to be talking about today with the morning drive. A little bit later today, Dr. Ken Dewey joins us, our weather and climate guru. He's got the first look ahead to... Winter 2023-2024, got a better idea of what we're going to be facing here during those wonderful months of the year. But first, it's time to talk to Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska, talking Nebraska news and politics. Good morning, Joe. How are you doing? You running for speaker, Jack? <laughs> hey, listen, I guess technically technically, I could do it. I, I think uh, technically I qualify. Uh, as long as you're uh, breathing, pretty much, you can do that job. Hey, listen, I don't think I'm going to be the one that unites the Republican caucus. I have a strong, <laughs> strong given that they've been unable to uh, have anyone do that. And I'm kind of skeptical that they're going to be able to today, but but yeah. we will see. Um, I'm, I'm just curious, kind of your your thoughts on this whole thing, given your familiarity with the with the House and watching this unfold um, I know they're going to have a, a an extensive kind of voterama thing today behind closed doors where they're going to take the lowest ranked member off of each vote, keep going down until they get to two, and then they've got to have a, a majority, basically, the final one that'll come out. And so I assume they're going to come out with a name today, but there's a, I mean, they can only have three people max not not agree to that, assuming they don't get any Democrats. How do you see this kind of going? And, and just kind of curious about your overall thoughts on this. Well, in light of the 
one of the last things you said there. I would be shocked if they get any Democrats uh, for, for a variety of reasons. One is historically, because people have wondered about, so why don't the Democrats just, you know, help them out on this thing? Well, first of all, uh, even if you take the politics aside, it never happens. The, 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 you know, the, the, the out party, in effect, never, never helps the other side. The, 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 the Republicans, if this was happening to the Democrats, the Republicans, I can historically, they, they wouldn't be helping out. The de- Democrats aren't going to help out the Republicans on this. They're going to, it's, it's, you know, it's, and, and I think part of that is, uh, is clearly political in that, you know, the old story about, you know, when your opponent is shooting himself in the foot, you know, don't get involved. Just stand back and, and watch them shoot themselves, which is what's been going on now for, for three weeks. And uh, it, it's it's gotten to the point where you know late last week I, we all learned from from Don Bacon that his, that that he was that his wife was receiving nasty phone calls uh, and and uh, text messages and then apparently there was something that maybe a bit more you know threatening than that uh, so uh, and he, and and he wasn't the only one on Capitol Hill that was getting those kinds of uh, uh, quote unquote attacks. So this thing is really, uh, it's really bottomed out. And if and when, I don't know when the, when it is, but it, at some point there's going to be a speaker. I don't know if it's going to be today. I don't know if it's going to be a, a month from now. But at some point there's going to be a speaker. And the longer this goes on, it's it's hard to imagine that the Republican Party, uh, especially in, in, in key House races next spring, hasn't uh, damaged itself to a point where uh, – <laughs> the ability to hold the house next next year is 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 I given how, how thin the margin is to begin with. It's hard to believe that they're going to hold the house uh, unless and 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 things always do change. I mean, strange sure. other events occur, but from where we are today, it's hard to believe that the Republicans can hold the house um, next fall. Uh, and you know, if if we get if if this thing isn't resolved. Or even if it is resolved, and we get to next month, and the government shuts down, given everything that has happened, both sides always blame the other for a shutdown. It, it happens without exception, and oftentimes, whoever runs the White House gets the blame. So in this case, you would think it would be Democrats and and Biden. Mm-hmm. But given what has been going on for three or four weeks now, uh, and the House so disruptive and uh, unable to get anything together, if there's a shutdown. You would think that the that the general consensus is going to be well. This was a shutdown caused by the Republicans' inability to to come together at any point, regardless of how this thing plays out in the end. So, so in all those factors, uh, we're seeing something that we've never seen before. I mean, it's kind of like COVID. We've never seen this before, and now we're dealing with it. And uh, and I don't know how to I mean. As you noted, it only takes three Republicans to to, to blow this thing right. up again as, as they get to the finish line, and you know there's clearly going to be a lot of pressure on each of those votes as as we go forward uh, when when they get to the floor and start and start casting those ballots publicly. Right now, it's all behind closed doors. We don't know. You get some sense from some post you know some post inside interviews as to what's going on, but we really don't have a full accounting of of how difficult this is but the fact that there i think yesterday we heard that there were nine candidates now it's down to apparently eight uh 
and there's clearly no consensus. Um, they, they have a format to try to get, as you were, as you were pointing out, to get to that consensus and and and, and lower the, the number of candidates. But uh, it's just so tentative. It, it's it, it's hard to put a finger on how this thing is going to play out. Clearly, it's it's pretty clear to me that the Republican Party doesn't know. The House doesn't know how this is going to play out because if they did, they'd be on the floor, there'd be a vote, it would be public. The fact that they have to do this in private and try to dig it out uh, and, and, and clean it up before it goes public tells you that they don't know right now. They don't know how this is going to end. And I just I just have my doubts that any name you pick out of that group or any any name – you're not going to you're you're not going to be able to avoid having four people who don't like it. Like I just I, I right. uh, it's hard, and I know Congressman Flood was was uh, kind of behind the scenes trying to organize uh, an opportunity for people to sign a unity pledge, and I think he got uh, some people to do it, and he got some of the candidates to do it too. Problem is, if you have four people that won't do that, um, or or a group of people that won't do it, you've got to be nearly unanimous in having people committed to doing that, and that's a big that's hurting a lot of cats, uh, basically with uh with 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 the caucus just given some of the the divisions that are there right now, and so yeah, it'll be it'll it'll be impressive if they're able to get someone out of this group and to get the votes to actually have it happen, given everything. And it's like every day this goes on, it exacerbates all the frustrations even more, too. So the longer it goes, it feels like the harder it is to do, too. So, In, in, in addition to that, you've got the situation where yesterday, and I don't know, I know yesterday there were nine candidates, and all but two were election deniers, believe that the Trump won the 2020 election. And uh, so I don't, the one that dropped out, I don't know where that person was. So but at one point of the, of the nine original finalists, right. Uh, you had two that said, no, Trump did not win the election in terms of so how they the, voted. By the way, this is in terms of how they voted on that night of January 6th. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, um, uh, I mean, you're looking at the, the possibility, maybe the likelihood that the next speaker is going to be one of those individuals who still thinks Trump won, which going forward doesn't matter among the Republican Party, but it matters in the independent vote next next year. Uh, and, and we all know that's where this thing is going to get decided. The Democrats are going to make their votes and Republicans are going to make theirs, but the independents are going to make the, the choice in the end. And those election deniers are, from the polling that's, that's out there, indicates that, that the independents have a problem with that. Now, the, the flip side of this is, as, as we all remember from uh, Bill Clinton years ago um, and, and James Carville, you know, it's the economy, stupid. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if people look at the polls wondering, even given all this difficulty that the Republicans are having in the House, Biden's numbers haven't changed. And that's because of it. That's because of the economy. And, and despite all the, the talk about unemployment being low and this, that and the other thing, Inflation is an issue. Inflation is historically inflation is an issue with the American people when it's when it's running higher than than they want it to be, and they can then they feel it at the gas pump. Which interesting enough, gas prices have kind of gone down lately. But they feel at the grocery store. Those immediate pocketbook impacts drive votes one way or the other, and that's to me that's what's keeping Biden from coming up even as the republicans you know shoot themselves in the feet here so that's that's a problem that the democrats have but the republican party 
they're they're there's they're, they're getting pushback as as Don Bacon knows. I mean, if you look at the swing states, the the, the individuals who represent swing states, uh, where where Biden won, uh, uh, and then the Republican congressman won, those states, those districts, the vast majority, if not almost every one of those nineteen or twenty Republicans, are not election deniers. Have have acknowledged that Trump. Uh, did not win the election. Uh, and that's why, in many respects, they were able to survive their, their re-election two years ago. So those are those are the two key factors as I look at this thing going forward. What the economy is doing and how do the votes play out among those independent voters who don't think Donald Trump won in 2020. There's been a lot of talk about, obviously, you, you referenced Don Bacon and, and then some of the, the messages his, his wife was getting. But, you know, aside from those those sort of threat things, you know, there there obviously is some level of of political disdain that's coming from the Republican side for Bacon and and his role in this whole thing. Is there any? I mean, he I don't think he has a primary opponent right now, does he? And is is there any chance something like that comes down the pike here in the next few months? He, well, a he does not. B sure could it, is it possible? Yeah, uh, likely no. And to me, if it is, if someone does surface. I it would hard to believe it would be of any one of any great consequence. Now it could be somebody who could siphon votes off. Uh, so so as opposed to Bacon winning, you know, ninety five percent of the Republican vote, uh, maybe he only would get like seventy five or eighty. He'd still survive the primary and then move on. But that would be a telling number. And then the, the question always becomes, uh, and will become probably more heightened this year because of the situation with the speaker and, and those who believe that Don Bacon is, because uh, if you listen to, to conservative talk radio in Omaha, he just gets hammered. Mm-hmm. Uh, the conservatives are furious at him and, and he knows it. Uh, but he also knows that in order to win, he, he may have to give up some votes on the far right and, and, and to, to attract some moderate. Well, right. Democrats if he's not primaried, why does he care? If he's not primaried, why right. does he care about that from an electoral he, perspective? Right. Because the issue becomes, the, 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 uh, no, you know, November of 2024 and not May of 2024. Yeah. So the problem, the, the question for the Republican voter becomes in November of 2024, as mad as they are at Don Bacon, do they, because they're not going to vote for Tony Vargas, are they just not going to vote? Uh, which, if, if they don't vote at all, that's in effect that's a, that's like a half a vote for for, for Tony Vargas, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. And so, if they don't vote for Bacon, decide they're going to cancel off on that race. That gives Tony Vargas a, a clear, clean shot at, at, at de- heading for Congress in 2025. It was a it was a close race, you know, in 2022. Yep. It's uh, it was a point a point and a half. Uh, I think uh, three thousand votes or less. Um, it's going to be close again. Uh, and and if, if Republicans abandon Don Bacon on the far right, uh, Tony Vargas' chances certainly increase. Uh, for what it's worth, the latest, this is, these are about a month old, but the uh, Cook Political Report and uh, Larry Sabato's Crystal Ball still have that district lean Republican. But mm-hmm. as you said, with the balance of power in the House maybe really, really tight, there are going to be a handful of House races that get a lot of attention, kind of the swing ones, and there's a great chance that that district is, is going to be on that list and maybe I, getting some attention from the parties. I would be surprised if uh, sometime next year that race doesn't move to the toss-up, toss-up category. 
as we get as, as we get closer to the election, uh, and and Democrats in 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 Douglas County, which is the majority of the vote in that district, the Democrat vote turns out much better in the presidential year than it does in the non-presidential year. The Republican vote is pretty consistent, whether it's an off-year election or the presidential year, Republican voter numbers are pretty consistent. But the Democrat vote increases in the uh, presidential year. You see a lot more minority voters showing up at the polls to vote for uh, the president, and then that trickles down in in the House race, in in this case, to Vargas. So there's... uh, there's advantages that Democrats have going in on a presidential year. Now, obviously, they're not the incumbent. They don't Vargas. I don't think will have as much. It'll be close financially, but I don't think he'll have as much money in the end as Bacon will have. Uh, but uh, but he will have. I think that, that some of that vote advantage going in, and that's why I think before that's said and done, it would not surprise me at all if that race is considered a toss-up by those. Uh, folks that watch these elections from outside. Yeah, it, it, it is still still interesting that we're talking in detail about that matchup in the House, yet the other House races, the Senate races, uh, we still don't have opponents right. from for the incumbent Republican, uh, save for the independent in Osborne, who, who we've yeah. talked about quite a bit. So, And here we are. I mean, Joe, it's October 24th. I mean, you know, yeah, I, I, like at what point, I don't know, at what point in the in the calendar, maybe I'm, maybe I'm overly... Maybe I'm just being too quick on all these things, saying, hey, or, or, maybe this is going to come down in January, and that wouldn't be odd. But primaries in May, right? So Primaries in May, you know, now, can someone surface to run against, to, you know, to, a Democrat to run against Ricketts? Yes. A Democrat to run against uh, Senator Fisher? Yes. Because if it's just one of them, they're not going to have a primary candidate. They can, they can start their, they can start building their campaign, but... To building a statewide campaign starting in, in January, uh, boy, that's, I mean, just just given the reality of Nebraska politics and, and how red the state is, especially when you get, you know, when you get west of Lincoln, uh, it's, you're, the longer you wait, I mean, the, the struggle is, is immense to begin with. You've only piled on to that by, by waiting until, if you get into January or so. Yeah. So. Yeah. No. Well, we'll see. We'll see if we've got something happening here in the uh, in the next few weeks. But it is uh, we're getting down to the believe it or not we're getting down to the end of 2023 right now. Few few weeks left. Two months. We're two months today from Christmas Eve, Joe. Right. Right yeah, now. Iowa today. primary is like seventy days away. That's right. Oh my goodness. Maybe a bit more than that, but not much more. And we, we maybe should just be enjoying this time now that we mention it, right? <laughs> because the I, next I said Iowa primary. Yeah. I the Iowa caucus. The Iowa they're, caucus. They're, yeah. They're right. Coming around. The no, I know what you meant. Uh, yeah, it's just it's going to be bombardment for almost an entire year. So maybe I should quit trying to rush ahead to that and just <laughs> enjoy the the uh, fairly election free fall. Yeah. Uh, all right, good, great talk to you, Joe. Appreciate it. I'll be looking forward to uh, watching more of your work. We'll talk to you next Thursday. All right. Take care, Jack. Joe Jordan News Channel, Nebraska. Seven twenty six. Joe Snell and K today with Jack and friends on KLIN. From Jack Mitchell in the morning to Dan Parsons in the afternoon. And, of course, Huskers. 1499.3 KLIN is the voice of Lincoln. Even hard to stay. It's time to count them down. The five things you'll be talking about today. This is the Morning Drive. Presented by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management. On 1499.3 KLIN. All right, let's get things started today, beginning with number five. Well, there was a uh, 
law enforcement action yesterday afternoon uh, just west of Lincoln. I guess from what we can tell, it started in Seward County and got into western Lancaster County, primarily from the Pleasantdale exit to about 112th Street overpass there. Uh, but very little information. Shut, uh, shut down the interstate for about four hours. Channel 8 reports they saw a reporter was on scene and they saw a body being put into a body bag. But that's all we know. And there's been no information shared uh, by the Seward County Sheriff's Department. Uh, State Patrol spokesman uh, referred uh, reporters to the Seward County Sheriff's Department. So really, we don't have a lot of information at this point. And the only thing that really came out was NDOT was kind of just putting out on social media updates on the interstate itself lanes, the interstate lanes being open when, when they got opened up and referred continue to refer to it as a law enforcement activity um uh exit exit 388 there but as you said the area that was shut down was part of it in seward county part of it in lancaster county about 3 30 in the afternoon close from at least mile 388 to 392 um channel 8 has video of of this and like, I'm looking at one of the still pictures from the video right now, and I count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten law enforcement officials uh, t- with, with lights, at, at least marked law enforcement cars. And then you've got like two more SUV type vehicles that are just blocking off the area in front of it. And Channel 8's reporting it as someone was. Someone is dead after law enforcement activity. Right. That's how they're that's how they're reporting it right now. Ten eleven uh, is not read. They just reported that the interstate was but, back open, and, and which we were confirmed with Nebraska uh, five on law. Right, but it doesn't look like. I mean, it doesn't look like there was a major wreck or anything like that. Right? There was an initial reports that the, there had been some shots fired during a pursuit. Now that has not been able. We've not been able to confirm oh. that. Wow, that, that was on a, a social media post. I, I don't even remember the, the source of it, but I saw that yesterday afternoon. Okay, yeah, because I'm looking at the car in question. It's not like the car, you know, went off the street, rolled, you know, was destroyed. It doesn't. It doesn't look like it. It's, it's upright. It's just along. It's on the shoulder, essentially, from the video that I've got here at this point as well. So, Channel Eight reporter also said they they saw um, people searching in the grass alongside the road. Interesting. Uh, I assume we'll hear more about this to tomorrow, but yeah, a lot of. Well, I, I hope we get today, something I should today. Say, yeah. to, I meant today. When I said tomorrow, I meant today. I don't know why I said tomorrow exactly, but uh, thinking from the perspective of yesterday, that makes no sense. But nonetheless, yeah, hopefully more more information on on this today on exactly what happened there, and uh, probably doing some notifications and and uh, making sure all the protocols are taken care of here. All right, moving on. Number four. Lincoln City Council approved yesterday an interlocal agreement with uh, the Lancaster County uh, Commissioners. They approved it a couple of weeks ago, and it'll put uh, some election drop boxes at four of Lincoln City libraries and in the four quadrants, northeast, southeast, northwest, southwest, uh, for the 2024 election season. All right, so these are going to be at Gear in the southeast, Isley in the northwest, Walt at the southwest, and Anderson in the uh, in the Northeast, um, and this was something that the election commissioner uh, Todd Todd Wilchin was advocating for 
just kind of saying that the county is is an outlier given how many people are present in the county, like the Dropbox to person ratio essentially is out of whack compared to where it is in other communities in the state. Yeah, uh, and, and of course he was concentrating on Lincoln. Right. Um, and over 200,000 registered voters in Lincoln and one Dropbox. The early vote um, this last election got over 18,000 ballots dropped. So, um, there, there apparently there are state laws that are now have been passed to improve security on these things. Yes. Yes. So they got to be secured in concrete. They've got to be uh, completely locked as well because I guess during the pandemic there were uh, there were additional drop boxes that they added. And they were just like on counters, not permanently affixed. So now they've got to be cemented in there. So nobody's picking it up and, and moving those things as well. And, you know, we'll see. We'll see uh, if that changes some of the lines that end up happening right over here at the election commissioner's office, which I've, I know they get pretty long, obviously, at peak times to get those things. Yep. Uh, the, get the those things in there. County commissioners uh, approved it a couple of weeks ago, I believe right. it was. And uh, only one dissenting vote, that was uh, Commissioner Matt Schulte. And uh, that was, uh, as I understand it, uh, I have not talked to Commissioner Schulte directly, but that is because uh, there's no video surveillance at the libraries where there is video surveillance of the box at the election commission. And he basically office. said, if you know, there's one that they can use, so you don't necessarily need more, I, I, I guess, so... All right, so something to uh, be aware of as we get into the fun of election season, Marcus. Joe and I were talking about it. <laughs> it's, it won't be long, Mark, until we're in the thick of thick of this thing. You know, he's right. The uh, the Iowa caucuses, New Hampshire, all of those things. I don't know those are not going to be employing the drop boxes at libraries, but we're going to be into that pretty soon here. I wonder if the Iowa caucuses get their app fixed. <laughs> I would hope they they had four years. They had four years to to uh, to do it, but yeah, I believe those are in January. Going to get going with that already. Moving on, number three. Uh, last uh, late last week, the National Weather Service Climate Prediction Center uh, released their winter forecast, at least the outlook. Yeah. And then yesterday, the National Weather Service over in Valley had a webinar for first responders, uh, emergency management, police departments, and the media. Uh, I attended that webinar, and basically what it is, uh, we've got an El Nino that's setting up in the uh, Pacific, and that means uh, warmer water, and that generally speaks uh, to a warmer uh, temperatures in the northern half of the country, cooler in the south, and a lot wetter in the south, but we're right on that line, and so uh, the uh, Omaha Valley uh, office basically said is that will probably be a little warmer than normal and snow a little heavier towards the end of winter when you factor in the historical uh, trends from these type of El Nino winters. Interesting. I will... I'll take that if that's true. I'll take... I mean, the late winter snow is never fun. I'd much rather have it happening, you know, about six weeks from right now than February 20th, to be honest. But... Yeah, but you, you hate if that. I can trade it for warmer than normal, and I know everybody, I get, I get a lot of people who get mad at me when I get excited about the warm winters. Two years ago, when remember when two years ago we basically didn't have almost winter temperatures. Right, it was crazy, uh, so much of it, and I would rejoice about that. And then we had people who basically said I was cheering on 
climate change. And I said, well, you know what? I'm not going to reverse it by not cheering for it. So you just maybe wanted, let me just enjoy it. The only thing you wanted was the pirate bugs to die. That Yeah, that, but, that'd be good. But even warmer than normal. That's, that's only a couple of degrees above normal and of course normal is yeah but you do you gotta have a lot of nice days to get a couple of degrees over normal yes right i hope so i hope so listen it's it's uh it's been a while since we've had a long bad winter long like bad cold snow covered the entire time you go back to that uh, 2009 i guess was before you guys were here but it snowed in november and then once in the first week of december and it was on the ground the rest of the winter, the I entire was, time. Uh, back in 2009, I was making a lot of trips from Kansas City to Alliance and Shadron yeah. and North Platte. So, I yes, guess 08 I to 09 it would have been, Yes, right? I, I remember it well. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And by the way, uh, that's the National Weather Service predict- prediction, but you're going to go into it a little more uh, extensive. What, uh, yes. next hour? 835, Dr. Ken Dewey will join us. We'll see if he's seeing the same thing that... The National Weather Service is with the strengthening uh, El Nino uh, situation and and everything that's kind of been climate extremes over the course of this year. What that what that means uh, for for this whole thing. So I got my snowblower ready, though, Mark. That much is true. I've got somebody that'll clean our stuff up because snowblower got sold. Oh, okay. Well, that's even better then, right? Yeah. yeah. You just sit. You know, Pour yourself a hot chocolate and just watch it get done for yourself then. Pour myself a hot something. (laughs) (laughs) Number two. Nebraska Volleyball back on top of the American Volleyball Coaches Association. For the first time since last October, Huskers earned 63 of the 64 first place votes after they uh, topped number one Wisconsin on Saturday. 63 of 64? Who is the holdout, Caleb? Uh, amazingly, as went through and did some digging, the Texas Tech coach left Nebraska as number two. Wisconsin is number one. As a matter of fact, looked pretty phoned in on the overall poll from week to week on a couple of things that we saw. Lincoln Arneal from the uh, Volleyball State podcast, he went and just kind of compared the two of them. Kind of a, a phoned in poll, but left Wisconsin number one. Now, here's the thing. I did tell you yesterday I would not be surprised if there was one or multiple votes leaving Wisconsin at number one because it was a it was a two point fifth set on the road, I get it. It's it's a poll. It's not deter. It's I mean, not it's not power rankings. Everyone looks at it, their poll differently. Okay, fine. Number one in the end, I don't care because it doesn't really matter. Uh, it does. I mean, it doesn't impact anything. And I also get the argument that just because one team beats another head to head, this happens in college football all the time, right? Uh, even if you look at the volleyball rankings right now, like Penn State is ranked ahead of Purdue. They just lost to Purdue. That said, it's a little different when you've got two unbeaten teams who have beaten everyone that they've faced, and they just played head-to-head. And so, I mean, what? Wisconsin's, I get Wisconsin's strength of schedule was better. Nebraska beat Stanford. I mean, I, 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 there's a part of me that just wonders that some of these coaches are so busy that they've got someone else doing it or they do it themselves and just like whatever get this yeah just get I'll, this done. I'll sign it send it in that honestly seems as as likely as anything right maybe they just didn't see the score right <laughs> yeah and there and there's the potential maybe they submitted it halfway through the third set yeah, yeah that like, could who, be too who knows? but there's there's also the possibility that people fill out this poll in a way that they go 
if a national championship was played today, who do I think would win the match today so. when they turn it in? Even with the head-to-head. I guess so. Okay, whatever. Again, I'm not going to lose sleep. Sleep over this thing because there's a tournament that determines this whole thing. Exactly. At the end. Um, but boy, Husker fans are going to go after chance. anyone with a sleep. Oh, they will. Oh, you are exactly right. Oh, social right. media was yeah. hot yesterday. Oh, I bet, his, I bet this coach's mentions are... Somewhere that's in a range where he never gets that well, kind of mention. Here's the thing: is well, it a he? Sorry, yeah, I don't even remember. Um, Tony something. But until I had went and found the name and, and I, I tweeted it out, and you still see it on Facebook, everyone going, "Oh, bet the Wisconsin coach voted for himself." Nope, guys. <laughs> Kelly Sheffield would not do that. If Kelly Sheffield had his druthers, he would vote Wisconsin ten. Yeah, just to just to yep. put a fire in it. Because do- okay? again, the poll doesn't mean anything. Exactly, it means nothing. It doesn't mean no one is using. I mean, it's not like the college football playoff rankings, which matter in college football. It's not like you know it used to be uh, where the polls played into the BCS right situation. Right. None of that matters. RPI is what matters, and Nebraska was at number one in that ahead of time anyway. All right, I'll. Uh, I don't care what the ABCA poll is. They're number one on the three poll that counts yeah. us. Right. Yes, right. and they're number one with fifty nine out of sixty coaches. The official so. uh, LNK Today poll: the Nebraska picked up all three first place votes, and, uh, and we're hey. and, and and I bet there's ninety two thousand and three fans that'll agree with us. <laughs> uh, and then what, a couple more players honored by the Big Ten yesterday too. Merritt Beeson, Player of the Week. She was so good on Saturday. Bergen Riley, Center of the Week. That for both of them, that's their third this season. That Friday could be that Friday after Thanksgiving could be quite the day with I mean it is rivalry Friday for Nebraska athletics mm-hmm. Iowa coming to Lincoln for football and immediately thereafter Nebraska volleyball at what is going to be a, uh, a Wisconsin crowd that is probably going to be fired up for that one Gosh, and here's the thing because I will be at Memorial Stadium while I work on stuff, I'm just going to plan to just sit there and watch probably the match. Out, you'll probably have a crowd up there watching with you, I'm going to guess. <laughs> All right, moving on. Number one. A Michigan State football staffer has been suspended on a sign-stealing scandal. He Michigan uni- University of Michigan. Uh, oh yeah, no, yes. Yeah, what did I say? Michigan State. I'm sorry. Michigan. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it, a guy by the name of Connor Stallions reported he bought tickets for more than 30 games at 11 different Big Ten schools over the past three seasons. He would send them to other people in different areas of the country. And in one instance, uh, ESPN's reporting the person occupying the seat uh, held his smartphone up and appeared to film the home team sideline the entire game. Okay, I have a question. If you're at a game and someone's sitting next to you, and maybe they wore the home team's gear, I don't even know, but if they're sitting there recording the sideline or the what may just appear to be recording the game the entire time, is that, does that set that's off weird. red flags or yeah. not? Yeah, that's weird. I guess I don't know for sure. First of all, what kind of memory do you have on your phone? It's impressive. With the memory, the battery. Mem- memory and battery. <laughs> they probably bring a battery pack along and external memory for that entire thing. But I don't know, Caleb. They might be, they might be in some trouble here. Yeah. They, but... I bet Jim Harbaugh is getting out of Dodge. Watch him get his watch. Watch him get a national championship and then be like, later. Yeah, he's going to go after. Well, even if he doesn't get a national championship, right. Harbaugh is going to look at all this, see everything that's been mounting around the program. He already had to face a, a suspension to start the year. He's headed to the NFL. Maybe it's to the Bears. Maybe it. Maybe it's, it's someone else who hasn't had success. But he's going to go back to the NFL. 
and you are going to see Michigan levied with some... I don't know if they're going to do a, a postseason ban for them for something, but they're going to be hit with some sanctions. Yeah, maybe. Should be interesting. All right, uh, that's it for your morning drive. It is brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management. Grab a break right now. You are listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. When you're thinking Huskers. Guns toward the end zone, passes, caught, touchdown. Think 1499.3 KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 67 degrees in the capital city. Coming up during the 8 o'clock hour, talk to uh, Jason Ball from Lincoln Chamber of Commerce. That is at 810. Find out what's new. It's been about a month since we've had uh, Jason in. And then uh, also been about a month since we've had Dr. Ken Dewey in. He's going to join us at 835 and... Talk about what's on tap this weekend. Could we see some snow here and then more long-term into this winter? So stay tuned for that. You never want to miss Dr. Dewey. It's 8 o'clock, KLI and Lincoln. From the, live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. But first, Fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. It is time. Let's do it. Your keyword for 810 on Tuesday. Pick number four this week for Fantasy Huskers is gold. Gold. I love gold. G-O-L-D. Austin Powers and gold numbers are great. Two things I can't stand in this world. People who don't respect other people's cultures and the Dutch. I can say that because I'm Dutch. Um, <laughs> uh, all right, we got Dr. Ken Dewey coming up in 25 minutes. Sorry, ta- Rank Mass. Talking about, yeah, and me and Rank, me and Rank yeah, like yeah. this. Uh, coming up in 25 minutes talking about if it's going to, if it's going to friggin' snow here this weekend. Uh, and then uh, long-term kind of winter, what he's seeing here as well. So that's coming up in 25 minutes. Right now, let's talk to... Time to talk to Jason Ball, who doesn't know if it's going to snow this weekend. I mean, maybe he does at this point, but um, I think I, he's busy with other I have it on right good now. authority that I have no idea what the weather's right, going to do good. at any, any moment. Good. How are you doing? It's been, it's been a little while here, yeah. hasn't it? Yeah. Well, I'm glad you brought the Mariah Carey music back We did. Me. Yep, we Just did. Just for me. We, yep. We, <laughs> it's... Uh, it's uh, it's a tradition here in the falls. Uh, some to some people's uh, frustration, but it is a tradition here in the fall. Lots of Mariah. See, most people think Mariah is the queen of Christmas. At this show, we think of her as the queen of fall. Well, I'm I'm old season, enough to remember so. when she was just a straight up pop star. Yeah, that's true. Now she's ruling the holidays. Well, that's true. Uh, how's everything been going in the last uh, last month since we talked? I mean, we had man, there was just such a busy. August, I know when we talked about it, there's just so much happening, yeah. and and so now we've kind of gotten in into the fall season. But how's everything going right now, generally? Uh, uh, just awesome. Uh, a lot of a lot of work happening. We're still pursuing a lot of our elements of vitality, Lincoln, on our strategic plan. We got a a budget passed for 24, and mm-hmm. and all the things you have to do to to have the strong organization behind the scenes. But 
We're in, we're in great shape, Jack. There's a lot of cranes in the air. Lincoln's still growing. A lot of construction projects. And I see I see there's movement, you know, bed movement and news on the convention center too. So it's probably something that's a, of excitement to you as well. Yeah, it's you know it's it's going to be a big lift. I, I get asked this all the time, so I would like to share. A location has not been right. selected yet, and I'll remind everyone I am not selecting. That's on that the list location. to do of the yeah. the committee essentially. Yeah. That is going to be overseen by the county. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So assemble Lincoln. Uh, you know, led by by Senator Bostar and a whole lot of other good uh, uh, community-minded folks are, are leading that effort, and we're excited to support it. This is the step that Lincoln needs. We've got two market studies. We know we're, we're headed in the right direction. Uh, it's just a lot of work behind the scenes to get the, uh, the details hammered out now. People coming up to you and be like, hey, I really want to buy the Cornhusker. Are people doing that? Or like whatever their favorite location is, uh, and like thinking that you're gonna you're gonna put point to a map where it goes. Yeah, I, I have found that everyone has an opinion on where Do this they? facility should be in town. Dude, um, and, and I I take that in. I listen to what their thought process is because their their opinions do matter. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I think people are also going to have to keep in mind there's a lot of other factors, uh, like how the turnback tax works differently in different places, uh, what development groups have been assembled, what ownership groups, how you put the capital stack together. There's a lot of detail. It's not just a, a location-based decision. Well, I'm kind of a contrarian. I want it 112th and Old Cheney. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. I'll send that email right when I get back to the office. I'm sure there's probably some land for the right price that's available there. I would guess. That's right. So just just saying. Uh, All right, let's talk about some of the other things going on. Uh, Something for people uh, who are business owners, nonprofit, for profit, either that that they should be aware of if if. They'd like to to have interns and uh, that may be something, an internship program that they maybe they haven't done or have done and want to be able to expand it. Uh, There are some opportunities for people to have some funding for businesses, I should say, to have some funding to make this possible at their own uh, businesses of of several different kinds. Yes, yes. So it's called the Intern Intern Nebraska Powered by Exarbon Foundation Program. Um, And you can find more information about this at internneb.org. Again, internneb.org. Org. And it, this is funded through a legislative bill that, that passed in the previous session, $20 million uh, to fund internships in the state of Nebraska. And, and in particular, if you're a business that has never had an intern before or you only have a small number of interns, right? Right. Uh, uh, this is a great opportunity. It can, it can be used to pay the internship. Okay. Up to 50% of their uh, intern pay or up to $7,500 for an internship. Um, it can be also used for other things like training as well. So um, it's, it's a really flexible program. It's designed to be flexible. Um, your business has to be 50 or fewer uh, full-time employees at okay. the time you have the internship. And uh, we really encourage people to ha- have it be a paid internship. Uh, I know that question comes up a lot. But um, this is just a way that the legislature has really tried to put its its money where its mouth is in terms of encouraging more student interaction. So these are state yeah. funds that were freed up to, that were basically provided from the legislature. Yep, the, yep. The, $20 million dollar bill uh, to, to provide the funding for this. And it's a partnership now with the state through the uh, Department of Economic Development, as well as, again, the XRB Foundation. Foundation. Yeah. And then and then offices like us across the state, your economic development offices, your chambers of commerce, we're all helping get the word out, helping direct people to where they can get answers and more information. How much are it. you helping hearing that 
internships like this are are one way to kind of fight against workforce uh issues and workforce supply of of people to be a part of it is that yeah is this p- potentially a a helpful thing <laughs> i i i believe it is and yeah. and again our our workforce issues are a lot bigger than just what one program for internships right, right. is going to conquer so i don't i don't want to it's uh, a piece of come I'm on just and sell it, magic beans right, right? i'm yeah. just it's a piece of all of i mean probably 30 different things that you're doing right? yeah. If, yeah if you think about the the nature of an internship right it's it's a really low risk relationship right the the student gets to uh, gets a, get a feel and a look for what that company culture is like and what doing that work is like in the real world. Many of them have not been out in that real world setting yet. The business gets to take a look at you know someone who's who's still in school, try to figure out where he or she is going to go. Um, and look at the end of the internship, if that's not a fit for your company culture or not a fit for uh, where that student wants to take his or her career, that's okay. No, mm-hmm. no harm done. But often. What you'll find is they come in, they have a great experience. They learn a lot. They start to get curious more about other opportunities within that company. It becomes a really easy thing to offer them a full-time job when they're yeah. done with their education. I guess the other the other side of this being, you know, it was a good good thing for the student side of things, right, is just more opportunities within the, the city uh, in different fields for students to do these sorts of things. Absolutely. And, yeah. and again, I think having some resources financially to help uh, the employer pay that internship right. is going gonna, is gonna to help them make more money while they're earning those final three credits and getting that experience. We are coming up on uh, on Startup Week. This is always a, a cool thing. Tell us about uh, what it is and, and uh, what's happening this year with Startup Week. Yeah, so put this on your calendars. It's November 13 through 18, and it is going to feature count of more than 20 events across the entire city. Uh, our Lincoln Partnership for Economic Development, Kathy Anderson, is helping to organizing it a lot, uh, or helping to organize it with a lot of other partners across town. So we're working with uh, the Generator Program, Southeast Community College Entrepreneurship Center, uh, the Fuse Co-working Space folks, um, Innovation Campus, and Turbine Flats, and many, many others. I'm probably leaving folks out, but it's going to be a, a lot of just a celebration of what it is to to be a startup in Lincoln. So whether you are involved in a startup, maybe you're an experienced entrepreneur, whether you're just someone who's curious about thinking about maybe I can start a company, build my dream right here in Lincoln, Nebraska, or whether you're just someone that wants to celebrate this type of work in the city, uh, you can you can come to any of these events. You can find the whole calendar at StartupWeekLincoln.com, StartupWeekLincoln.com, and um it's look it's 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 that type of exposure and just a celebration of the the community that turns into companies like basic block like company cam like huddle that end up being major economic drivers in this community so this kind of this this relationships that you develop the the interaction those sorts of things um I, I, you think is important just because it it self perpetuates itself basically, and and relationships matter and and make a big difference in this community with these sorts of things. Absolutely, they're doing seminars on on maker spaces. So if you're thinking about doing a prototype, you can learn about that. They're they're doing uh, uh, efforts to talk about AI in Lincoln, how the Lincoln economy can can play or be a leader in in AI. And then there, uh, my favorite one on here is the Martini competition at Turbine Flats. So there there's definitely a social element to this mm-hmm. too um and all of that matters uh because it's the they call them collisions they're just trying to get the right people to uh bump into each other you never know when one of those collisions is going to spark a new idea um and then you know talking about talking about job skills lincoln 
Manufacturing Council wrapped up uh, first edition of uh, of a class that was a, a program uh, with Southeast Community College. Tell us a little bit uh, about this and what it's going to be going forward. Yeah, so we're excited about this one. This is actually funded in partnership through ARPA dollars. Uh, that were provided to the Lincoln Partnership for Economic Development uh, from the city of, of Lincoln. Um, and what we developed was a phase two program for Lincoln Manufacturing Council. So f- phase one was for anybody in town, if you've never even had experience with manufacturing or even thought about going into the manufacturing trades, mm-hmm. It gets people exposed to that, explains to them what the work environment's like, things that they need to know, opportunities for advancement. Phase two is is this new class. It was a 60-hour uh, credit program provided through Southeast Community College. This is for people who have been in manufacturing but want to step up their skill set. So everyone that went through this course and graduated from it, uh, from it came out with new skills that they were able to use. Mm-hmm. Many of them got advancement within the company that they're already in and working for already. And I believe all of them got a pay increase by virtue of, of graduating from this program. And so the, the ARPA dollars are paying for the program. It's, it's been a great thing. We're just trying to spread the word with the rest of our manufacturers in town. Get plugged into this. You can really upskill your people. And then will you go back and do the, the initial class again, the, the first level class here? Uh, Yes. At some point? Yes. Yeah. So uh, we are getting ready to kick off another session. This would be our fifth or sixth session of the phase one class, the introduction class. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got, I believe, 20 people registered for it. That'll kick off again this week. So we're, it's just, a, it's a slow, steady churn is what we're doing. Uh, manufacturing is, is a career that can be right for a lot of people. Um, it's just one that, that uh, folks uh, growing up have maybe fewer and fewer opportunities to connect with and yeah. learn about and so we're we're big on just trying to get people that exposure so that they know that that is one of many options in lincoln for career advancement so if you uh if know somebody might be interested check out more information lincolnmanufacturingcouncil.org and then uh don't look now two months from today away from christmas eve Yes. Two months today from Christmas Eve. And, uh, yeah. And I know one of the big, the big pushes always from the chamber, rightfully so, is, is to encourage people to, to shop local, do holiday shopping local and support local businesses when they do that. Uh, what kind of efforts do we have going for that this year? Yeah. So I know that before the, um, Halloween holiday is the last time that they want to hear the Chamber of Commerce president saying, Hey, right. shop local Listen. for holidays. I know it's not on your minds. Right. Um, Please, everybody, I'm going to tell you, if you think about the favorite place that you like to recommend visitors when they come into town to eat or go shopping uh, or your favorite corners of the city, chances are it's a small business. Chances are it's a, a retailer or a restaurant that could really benefit from your business in this holiday cycle. The reason I always talk about it now is these folks are prepping for that holiday season right now and have been thinking about it for the past sure. three months. Um, we vote with our dollars. Uh, during our holiday season. So if we want more of these types of special businesses, special places, special corners of the city to go enjoy, uh, this holiday shopping season is when we can ensure that we've got the type of economy and type of community that these businesses can be successful and thrive in. Yeah, um, Most of them are mom and pop. 
All of them are small businesses, and many of them are people that are just trying to build their dream and run the bookstore that they've always uh, dreamed about having. And so please please check that out. I'll, I'll probably be mentioning it on future shows here, but I just want to remind everybody, put that in your plans. Yeah, please. and you'll put out, a, I'm sure, a shopping a shop local guide like you. Yep. Uh, for people who are like, okay, good idea but uh but i gotta you know maybe i need some ideas essentially yep. it's right? not up now but we'll be renewing the shop local uh guide that uh will highlight businesses that you can go to and get things locally yeah absolutely yeah. don't look now two two i mean that's eight weeks man that means that's, i've uh, got seven weeks before i start my yeah that's probably true that means. that's probably true with me but it, it'll move fast once we uh once we get past halloween yeah too uh all right well very good hey great to talk to you jason always appreciate the time looking forward to hearing more about what's going on in the chamber down the road all right thanks so much jack see yep. you soon that's jason ball from the lincoln chamber of commerce it's 823 got dr ken dewey coming up in 12 minutes to talk weather climate what's coming up for this winter in the capital city he will have his latest projections you're listening to lnk today with jack and friends on klin when you're thinking huskers for nebraska pitch yourselves what a rally the huskers poured it on it's 11-4 in the first think 1499.3 klin you're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome back. 836 LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Uh, you look at the extended forecast, and it looks like things are changing, and that means a good time to get our next guest on. Dr. Ken Dewey, our longtime weather and climate guru. He joins us right now for his monthly visit. Good morning, Dr. Dewey. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine, and good morning, Jack, and good morning, Lincoln, and the rest of the listeners outside Lincoln. Things are going to be changing. We're going to talk about the big switch in the sky today. Yeah, let's. Um, but before we go forward, let's go back a little bit. There, there was, there was, um, an a, a time probably last time I talked to you, Doctor Dewey, where I said, "Okay, I'm worried. We're going straight from summer to winter this year. I'm worried. You know, we are not going to get that traditional fall. The highs, the days with the highs in the 60s and 70s. Well, we've pretty much been getting that over the course of of the uh, the last few weeks. So, um, where have we kind of been, just in terms of norms over the course of late September into October? Kind of the heart of fall so far. Jack, we haven't really had record-breaking heat like the southwestern U.S. has had all summer and into the fall, but we've had persistent summer-like warmth. And yesterday, I pushed out on social media that we have set a record for in 2023 for the number of days where the temperature has reached at least the 80s, you know, it can go into the 90s and 100s, but temperatures reaching on a daily basis into the 80s, 144 days. That's an all-time record. And we have 137 years of data, so that's how outstanding it is. The other thing that worries me um, is I step outside this morning and I see three neighbors with their sprinkler systems going, stop, (laughs) really, stop. Think about it for a moment. The lawns are barely growing. They're going to go into dormancy shortly. And we've got all sorts of rain and stuff coming up at us. Yes, I understand. Right now we are six and a half inches below normal precipitation for the year. But the lawns don't need much water this time of year. I would suggest when we start talking about going into the near future, this would be a good time the next couple days. Unhook those hoses from the side of the house and winterize your irrigation systems. You won't be using them again until sometime next spring. 
Yeah, I've noticed lawns. Not, not only my own, but a lot of them. They look as uh, they look as good as they have all year right now. At this so they time. have, and I have very little irrigation on my lawn. Um, even though we probably could use a little bit from time to time as it browns up, but again, the lawns are going to be just fine. Hey, deep water those ornamental bushes and those newer trees and stuff yeah. before you shut down the water. But Jack, looking back over the summer, it was not known for excessive number of days above a hundred degrees or setting record heat and all that. Although early on this month we set some record heat up in the nineties. But October is a continuation, like you said, we're going to go straight from summer to winter. And we've not had the typical fall where the highs are in the 50s and 60s and it's brisk outside, but just throw on a light jacket. We're not doing that this year. And ironically, last night I was looking, a year ago was exactly the same pattern. It was so weird to see me say a year ago on Facebook that temperatures are in the upper 80s, almost the last, you know, almost a 90-degree day, which would be the latest in the year. But look at Montana. It's in the 30s. And then yesterday, one year later, wow, it's in the middle of the upper 80s. But look at Montana. It's in the 30s. So it's exactly the same weather pattern. doesn't mean anything. Those things happen. But looking back, it's been a relatively dry year. Uh, we've had periodic precipitation, which the people in my neighborhood who don't water their lawns, the lawn starts getting brown, and then it greens right back up again. So we're going, we're going out of a warm, dry, prolonged fall, a delay in the spring, uh, spring wrong season, yeah. a delay in the fall colors of our trees by a couple weeks, and they've just peaked. Yeah. So if you get 10 minutes today, quick drive around. Well, don't drive too fast. But look at the colors because the winds and the rain are going to knock down almost all uh, the leaves over the coming That's weekend. what I figured. Like just this week, I've noticed it in a couple of spots in my neighborhood where we're just great uh, with that. And that's what I feared when I saw the forecast that you, we probably have a couple of days of this and then most of them are going to be gone pretty quickly. Absolutely. So. Hey, I put up two photo galleries. I haven't really been putting up photo galleries often at the website, but I put up two photo galleries and you can find them right at Lincoln Weather. Dot unl.edu, and I drove around town and a little bit out into the rural area. But as my wife said, why are you driving around the rural area? There's farms. <laughs> and I said, well, yeah, of course there's farms. She said, there's no trees. So okay, good point. So we came back into Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> I took lots of photos here in Lincoln. So if you'd like to see the fall colors and you don't have a chance to get out the next couple of days, they're memorialized in two photo galleries at the Lincoln Weather website. Before we uh, we delve into kind of the the more midterm future in, in the winter, let's talk about the next few days into the uh, weekend because uh, there obviously is a, a change coming, which you've alluded to at this point. Uh, t- kind of lay that out for how that's going to look over the course of the rest of this weekend to the weekend. Oh, easily, Jack. Um, it feels like spring. I stepped outside this morning. It's in the 60s. You probably noticed that when you went to work. Mm-hmm. No bitter cold this morning, for sure. And it's going to feel like spring as temperatures soar one more time towards 80 degrees. And some small chances of precipitation, not a big amount. Um, the next couple of days, as the change takes place, it's slow. It takes place over several days. So today in the 70s, tomorrow in the 70s, Thursday, early in the day and midday into the 70s, and then the cold front sweeps through. There's multiple precipitation chances that are coming up over the next four days. The first main precipitation is tomorrow evening. 
a little bit today, there's some chance, but the bigger chance is Wednesday, tomorrow, into the evening, into Thursday, and then a little bit more over the weekend. But by Friday, the high is only 46 degrees and dropping throughout the day. And then Friday evening over midnight, the temperature drops for our first time in the fall below freezing into the lower 30s, probably 30, 31 degrees. And then Saturday morning, um, it's going to be a very cold, miserable day for the football game, especially (laughs) compared to last Saturday when I sat in the stands and was waiting and waiting and waiting for finally the east side to go into shade. It did. (laughs) Two minutes before the end of the game, I was so excited. I turned to my son and I said, we're going to stay another half hour. I just want to sit in the shade. It was really warm last Saturday. This coming Saturday, a high of 42 um, with a wind chill probably in the lower 30s and rain showers off and on. And then if I look at the actual forecast maps, um, and by the way, I should add in, the forecast models are pretty consistent anywhere from about a half inch to an inch and a half of rain um, between now and Saturday. So that's another reason why I shut down the sprinkler systems. And if I look at the forecast map, on Saturday morning, we go through Friday, the snow is going to be off in north-central Nebraska. So the first snow in the state, Jack, I'm talking about snow. Yeah, I know. Yeah, well, we knew it was coming. All right, and it's almost November, so it's all right. Yeah. North-central Nebraska, some snow Friday afternoon, and then clears out overnight, and then precipitation comes back in Saturday. Saturday at 6 a.m., it's generally the northwest third of Nebraska, it's all snow. And then I bring it up till noon, and at noon, the western half of Nebraska is all snow, with the heaviest snow from the panhandle up to north-central Nebraska. And rain mixed with snow and sleet in Lincoln at noon. Wow. And then by evening, sleet in all of southeast Nebraska, and that's where you've got this wet snow and the temperature is just above freezing in the mid to upper 30s, and then changing over to all snow for a very brief period of time Saturday night. And then as we go into Sunday morning, uh, the snow and the rain clears out of here, so we're done with our precipitation, but boy, the temperatures are really going to plunge. So again, Jack, you wanted to know the, the time frame. Upper 70s today, mid 70s tomorrow. If we're living on borrowed time, you've got plenty of time to winterize your sprinkler system and, and pull out those remaining tomatoes from the garden. Thursday in the 70s, and then it happens. Mid-40s Friday, lower 40s Saturday. Sunday, we will be lucky if we can reach 40. It's winter. Yeah. A low in the morning in the low 20s to mid-20s, and a high in the upper 30s, barely making it to 40, with the morning snow showers ending and then the sun coming out later in the day. Monday, bright and sunny, beautiful. Well, no, it's 45 degrees for a high and lower 20s for a low. And then Halloween. It's not going to be canceled. It's just going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. And Halloween day, a high in the low 40s. At Halloween trick-or-treat time, probably about 42 degrees. Oh, boy. And a low again overnight in the 20s. The growing season is over. It's a hard freeze, and it's coming this weekend. Then it moderates a little bit next week, but not into the 80s, not into the 70s, not into the 60s, only the 50s. And this cold spell, which is a real slap in the face because we're not used to this cold, will last at least 10 days. It might last for several weeks. Wow. 
Oh, all right. Well, <laughs> well that, you're not going to ever invite me back again. Uh, but Jack, it's almost November. This is what happened. I know. I know. I just wanted, but like I said, I just wanted those a little more extent, a few more, a uh, couple of weeks, maybe of highs of like 65. Uh, would have been would have been nice. The old shorts and hoodie weather, which is which is always everyone's favorite. I feel like, but it, it sounds like just it, for now, in terms of Lincoln, subject to change. Not a significant snow event, though, for this weekend. Well, we don't want to think back to nineteen ninety seven, do we? When we had that uh, end of the month, uh, two feet of snow in our area. That's not happening. But we, it, and if it did, we still have a lot of leaves on the trees. So. At least next week, Jack, with temperatures in the mid to upper 50s and sunny, it'll feel like fall. Okay. Now, if we look at the normals at this time of year, and I'll pull those up, uh, the normal high right now, to show you how unusual it's been into the 80s, the normal high for today is 6.3. So next week, the normal high is 5.9. So if it's 58 degrees next week, that's pretty close to normal, and that'll be okay. It's just an abrupt switch to winter weather this weekend. By the way, the record low today is 17. Mm. A record low a week from today is 3. Whew. And as we roll into November, um, the record lows are below zero. So it can get really bad this time of year. Please keep that in mind, as uncomfortable as it's going to feel, um, that as we roll into November next week, a uh, record low on November 4th is four degrees below zero. Jeez. And the record high is only 80. So we're done. And you go into the second week of November, and record high is 74, and record lows are well below zero. So this is the last gasp of summer warmth. We need the moisture. It's too late for the crops. But hasn't it been ideal for those harvesting? As they drove around the rural area looking for trees, um, I noticed that we're doing a lot of harvesting, and many of the yeah, fields were, were already harvested. So it's been perfect for harvesting. Um, Jack, I think at 58 degrees, you can still probably you know, put on your cargo shorts for a, okay. a while and a coat, and then you can still barbecue outside. I'm pretty tough, so I think I can, I know you I can do that. Um, let's talk, I know the, uh, the National Weather Service, they issued kind of their winter outlook. Um, talk about it being an El Nino uh, winter in place for the first time in, I think, four years as well. Uh, what, is, what does that mean, first of all? And then what, is, uh, what does kind of the conditions set up? What are you seeing in terms of the long-term winter forecasts? Well, good question, Jack, and obviously that's on the minds of a lot of people. Um, the We've been in a pattern this whole year of drought, and unfortunately, we're going into the driest time of year. In December, January, that time of year, we average less than an inch of liquid water, whereas in April, May, and June, we're up around five inches monthly for water, so we're not heading into a wet time of year. It fools us sometimes because a little bit of snow can stay on the ground for a while, and it seems like it's wet. The El Nino winters are warmer than normal, especially to our north. And to our south, it's an active winter with lots of clouds, lots of rain, and cooler than normal. Puts us kind of in the middle. So we've had two years in a row of a lack of really big snowfalls. The danger with all of this is a warmer winter, it's still going to be close enough to freezing that when it does precipitate, we could get a lot of snow. A lot of people aren't thinking that's going to be real intuitive, is it? A warm winter, right. more snow. But that's because a warm winter is still cold here in Nebraska. So the likelihood is that we're going to have more snow than the last couple winters. But with El Nino conditions, 
and we've seen the last few years, when it does snow, I'm retired. I just stay inside. You have to go to work. <laughs> I'm sorry. But I just stay inside, and a couple of days later, it starts to melt away. So these type of snowfalls, we're not going into a winter of bitter, prolonged cold, day after day with temperatures below zero. We're just going into periods of snow, warmer than normal. We're not going to hit 80s again, but maybe a day in November in the 70s, maybe a day in December and January in the 60s. We can live with that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that winter that's typically slightly wetter than normal, but it's a dry time of year, so it won't be noticeable. A winter that we still get snowfalls because of where we are geographically. If we were located in Texas and Oklahoma, probably no snowfalls. Um, and so in our area, a little bit warmer, a little bit, uh, but it's still going to be cold enough that precipitation a lot of the times will be snow. That- so I, I kind of wandered around in that, but a winter that's warmer than normal generally, and a winter that is going to be dry compared to summer anyhow, but the few times you get precipitation come December, January, probably we'll get some snowfalls. And they'll be a little bit snowier than we're used to. Uh, the last couple of winters have right. been really a lack of snow, haven't they? Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. That I mean, it sounds like, like for the previous two winters, for sure, although maybe just... There wasn't a lot of snowfall either in those, but you know, I remember two two years ago, especially, it was significantly above normal temperatures throughout the yeah. entirety of the winter. That's really been the last two years of winters. So the big difference maybe you're just mixing in more snow at this point. I think so. And see, even the snowfall that's coming this weekend, so close to Lincoln, and if it does snow here and it whitens the lawns and stuff like that, when the sun comes out Monday and it's you know even if it's only in the 40s and the ground is still warm, it'll melt right away. So the snows that we get now are a nuisance, and then later on in December, January, they can linger on the ground, which is good uh, to cover the wheat fields and stuff like that. So if there is a cold spell, it doesn't hurt the vegetation. So I would say we've been spoiled this year as we went into fall that it just didn't seem like it was ever going to get cooler. It's going to happen. (laughs) And we've been spoiled the last couple winters with a lack of snow. We're not looking at the snowfall of three winters ago where it just kept coming and coming and it got feet deep. We're not looking at that. We're looking at a snowier winter than the last couple of winters, but doable because in an El Nino winter, and why is that important, Jack? You know, the Earth is 75% ocean water. Right. The continents are the, the smaller part of the globe. And when that ocean is really warm off to our west, it disrupts the weather patterns. A little bit difficult to explain in a few seconds here on the radio, but the ocean being warmer than normal, way warmer than normal, it disrupts all the weather patterns, and it makes sense. And then as a result of that, um, we can look forward to the type of winter where El Nino is in control of the general pattern, but not day-to-day weather. Like I said, just give me those breaks. Give me those 60-degree days, like you said, maybe in in January, a few of them in February, just to clear everything off, not have the snowfall. I think I can can do it. I think I can get through this winter without getting too whiny this year. We'll see. I think so. We can do it. And you'll notice I postponed talking about snow month after month after month. I'd ask you from time to time, is it too early to talk about snow? And you'd say, yes, 
<laughs> we let you go this time. This time. Well, we kind of have to. We're sliding yes. into the month of November. And again, remember, as we go into November, the normal highs are in the upper 50s at the beginning of the month. So 70s and 80s are the unusual. Yep. And next update that we've got, Dr. Dewey, will probably be right in advance of Thanksgiving travel. So, uh, Good idea, because, you know, will it be a warm Thanksgiving and dry, good for transportation? Or one of those, as we've had in the past, that's the second switch. The snow season really begins begins right around thanksgiving weekend every year yep all right well we will plan on that about a month or so from now dr dewey uh have a great end of october into november and we will be in touch to uh talk again here and see where we are with the beginning of the winter here in about a month all right jack great idea remember on on facebook it's dewey weather and on twitter it's k dewey one um and, and uno and it's you can see my updates of weather and climate every day. And everybody stay safe. Enjoy the remaining few days of fall as we plunge into winter. All right. Thanks, Dr. Dewey. I appreciate it. You're Dr. welcome. Dr. Ken Dewey, our weather and climate guru. All right. We'll take a break. Safe Food 5. We will wrap up the show after this on KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right. 8.58. Got a couple of fantasy Huskers picks you could maybe uh, tell us about here, Caleb? As yeah. I, uh, put you on the spot here to pull them up quickly. And again, you can uh, listen for your chance to text in and make uh, get a chance to make a pick at 635 and 810 every morning. And if you are the closest with your pick, you will get that prize pack from Valentino's and Alumni Hall. Marie goes with 13. That's our new low. Ooh, this is, by the way, passes attempted by Nebraska. Ben goes with 18, our new high. I like how Marie's thinking, especially after that forecast from Dr. Dewey. Yikes! That that does not sound like uh, pass-friendly weather. No, it doesn't. 13, 16, 17, 18. Yeah, I wonder what the high the high number is going to be. Will, it even, will we even get anything over 25? I don't know. Well, it's with the average being 21, I think you almost have to cut it off there. Probably, probably. Um, all right, there you go. Two more chances tomorrow, 6.35 and 8.10. And then uh, speaking of tomorrow, it is a Wednesday, Caleb, so it's time to get it off your chest in the middle of the week. What chaps your hide Wednesday? If you've got something that's sort of uh, bothering you bothering you, and driving you nuts, uh, but you don't have anybody to sort of whine about it to, well, it's, it's, you can say that. Uh, with the text line is open for you 24-7. 402-479-1400. Text it in whenever you think of it. Uh, and we will also put up a Facebook post, facebook.com slash LNK today. So like that page and uh, make sure and check that out. And you can be a part of it. Or you can call in when we get going with it at 710 tomorrow. Also tomorrow on the show, we're going to talk to Lincoln Arneal from the Volleyball State Podcast and Huskers Illustrated about Nebraska Volleyball. And John Bishop joins us as well. We will see you then, 9 o'clock. KLIN Lincoln. From the 